Welcome to the Quick and Deep Healing Podcast, your odyssey to the vast world of holistic healing methods. I am your guide, Healer Nora, and I am happy to share this journey with you. Okay, welcome back to the Quick and Deep Healing, and here we are with Amos Campbell, the amazing healer from the United States, and we just uh, had the five to seven minutes quick episode where we were talking about your health conscious mind crafting uh, method of healing, and in this episode we are going to dive deeper into that and also to your personal story and uh, all kind of cool stuff that you have uh, gathered uh, during the years as a healer. And then we also will give our listeners a few free gifts in the end. So I'm super excited. Let's get started. So Amos, tell me first, this healing method of yours, uh, where does it come from? How did you figure out this health conscious mindcrafting uh, method? Um, I, I've been into wellness since 2005 professionally. Um, I was always mesmerized by the Kundalini chakra system. I've always been mesmerized by the seven colors of the rainbow. Um, and I've always been fascinated by the number seven itself, whether it's seven archangels, your seven deadly sins, your seven heavenly virtues. I've always been mesmerized by seven. It's a little known fact that my old uh, phone number when I grew up was nine, two, five, seven, 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 seven. So it's something that was always around. And over the years, I just noticed that as I became more conscious about health, I started splitting the hairs between health because not all health is the same. Um, over the years, I've split the hairs between mental health and emotional health and spiritual health, um, physical health and financial health, social health and intimate health. Um, this is because it's happened to me. Like I had to create this method because it was necessary for me. Honestly, I created this method for me first. Mm -hmm. um, I've had three clinical nervous breakdowns where it, you, you just completely mentally, physically shut down. You are not there. You're not conscious. You're just going to lay in a hole and cry. So that's, that's happened before. And when you're broken, you can't remember what people are saying to you. You can't get up and brush your teeth. That's broken. That's like a broken ramen bowl on the floor. And what are you going to have to do? You have to piece it back together. And I, I did it multiple times. So this is a tried and true method of mine. Mm. Do you want to share a little bit about your background? What led you to those mental breakdowns? How did you have um, that healing path to be able to help um, others now? First, that actually happened was being fundamentally rejected by the church, being spiritually broken first. That's how they broke me first, is to be nine years old and to understand that the feelings that you have and the world that you're surrounded in and what that world tells you is that you are bad something is very wrong with you and that you are going to go to the worst place ever designed of ultimate torture because 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 you happen to feel this way that is out of your control mm -hmm. that that became too much for a nine-year-old to bear and it was very traumatizing to be fundamentally spiritually rejected by the church was start number one 
then the mental and emotional abuse by my neo-Nazi schizophrenic alcoholic father because my mother died when I was three of a massive brain hemorrhage and I didn't have any siblings and I was in very rural West Virginia. So um, he could tell that I was going to be gay and he resented me for it. So it was a constant circle of drinking and hitting and verbal and emotional abuse. Mm. So then that was the physical, emotional, um, and the mental. So it just slowly got from there. The emotion, the financial abuse is because I was never taught anything about money. That was one of the worst things is to not teach your children about responsible money. There's one, I don't believe in wealth. Wealth is an, is sort of like a ambiguous term. And I believe in financial health, making sure that you can pay your own way and that when you want or need something, you can do it without ever having to ask for a crowdfund or help me. That's financial health. Yes. Wealth, that's on that's that's another thing. Most people who've ever gotten wealthy did it by very horrible means or actually got very, very lucky. Wealth is sort of like an insider trading gig that is sort of dangled in front of the rest of us. Instead, I will tell people to focus on financial health and then they tend to be much happier. Mm. Definitely, definitely. So so um sounds that you have had a very rough path in this soul journey for a reason so you can now be helping others uh do do you see like from a perspective now when you have um healed yourself and and now you are helping others why did you choose as a soul this kind of path quite difficult childhood and quite difficult circumstances around you have you because i was the only one strong enough I was the only one strong enough to take the job. That's why Paris Hilton couldn't take this job. Right. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, I always want to, and I always like to bring the higher perspective and the higher way of looking because very often people, and this is for you, a listener who feel that you are trapped or you are in a very difficult situation that we, uh, very much tend to stay in the victimhood like oh there's no way out or there is no no way i can change my life but here you can see that from all kind of circumstances people can uh, rise and they can really get strong and they can help others so if you are in a difficult situation at the moment there is a reason for that and in a after 10 years 20 years maybe even one year two years you understand why you had to go through that and This is just some words of encouragement for you, you lovely listener. Okay, but let's get into the uh, into your healing methods origins. Like, um, I know that you are also a shaman. I know that uh, you have uh, a, a lot of experience in deep tissue massage, reflexology, all these kind of things. So, um, would you like to bring a little bit? of the ancient roots that have led to your healing methods? Like where do you gather your information from and, and how is it showing in your work at the moment? Most of my stuff comes from medicine and philosophy, honestly. Um, there's a few old Greek myths that really come into it. Some of the Aesop fables are good illustrations that I bring in. Um, but this is the tried and true 
based off of the old quote, I think, therefore I am. Mm. So I came to the logic that if I could change the way that I thought, I could change the way that I am. And it turns out it's absolutely true. So I try to sing a song of a different reality. I try to give them uh, an opportunity to think of it a different way or to reframe it or even to reverse it most often. Um, uh, this method is based off of both placebo and neuroplasticity. These are from the medical book and the neurology department. Um, you've got to just train yourself. And nothing happens overnight. Uh, it's, it's like in physical therapy. You have to train that muscle constantly. If you don't train the muscle, it atrophies. The mind is like that emotional strength is like that uh, if you don't exercise your bank account the right way it's going to go zero real quick yeah exactly and um in this case we are like very similar practitioners because i also uh, am heavily counting on neuroplasticity in my coaching for example uh, because um, just to give an example for the listeners who don't understand uh, what neuroplasticity is um, think about that your brain has um, like pathways that you are using and uh, you have been just practicing a certain way of operating or thinking long enough. So that pathway has grown into a motorway where the cars fire, like they go really fast and it's kind of the fastest route in your brain to go from A to B. And uh, that motorway might be a very negative motorway it might be uh, a motorway of anxiety or um, like uh, anger or it can be um, resent or whatever like something that is not elevating your life and it's making you miserable so when you start to practice another way of thinking and being and feeling it's not gonna happen overnight Unfortunately, it's not, it's not going to be something that uh, I just realized that I have to talk, uh, think positive and boom, I will. But it's actually a constant way of training. Like you said, it's like a muscle. You have to train and slowly but surely that old negative motorway starts to become like a jungle. It starts to, uh, you know, you cannot really use it anymore. And the, the small pathways that you were kind of opening with your uh, with your uh, jungle knife what is this machete or something you know like uh, they they start to widen and and soon you will have a big truck driving there and it it comes your reality so basically we are creating the reality inside our head and this is the the magic of the neuroplasticity plasticity anything you want to add to that description no i think that's beautiful i love it i always use clay I tell people your brain is plastic or watch a sculptor with actual clay. They can do it, but like it's clay is very dense. So you have to actually rub it and then rub it and then rub it. And then it, it gets a nice little groove or a crop circle is the best way to do it. You go over it and you've bent the corn. You go over it again, the corn bends again one more time. And now that thing is flat and now you can just get right through it. And then when you see it from above, it's a beautiful symbol that is very intricate and lovely. And that's what I tell people. You just have to train your brain. I always remind people because I deal with exclusively adults. Um, and that means they're over 18. So I look at them square in the eye and I was like, it took 18 years for this problem to develop. Mm, exactly. It's going to take 
it is going to take more than 18 days for it to unwind while we reorganize as the mind reorients. As it reorganizes, we reorient ourselves as new alignment happens. That's why I liked the car analogy of yours, because it really does come down to alignment. But yeah. it has to be reorganized first. Yes. How do you think a person can empty their mind? Many people say that their minds are so full. I tell them to not empty their mind. That is a waste of logic because your mind is not designed to be empty. Instead, I'm going to tell you to pick your favorite place in your mind. Pick your favorite corner of the house. And then we start there. Because it, we can't stop anything. Instead, I tell people you can't make the mind stop. We instead want to refocus on one laser spot that's healthy. We start there and then we work our way around. Mm, okay. I, it's it's almost impossible to stop your mind from thinking and you will in my opinion you will fight yourself so yeah. that's that's why we start with like bouting balls or we will start with a mala a tactile tool to help our brain just hold on to something mm, yes uh, it yeah uh i did a a meditation with Christina the other day, um, drawing, journaling, sketching, very, very helpful ways to pinpoint and focus your mind or to kind of like get the ideas down. Um, yeah, no, I won't tell you to empty your mind. I'll tell you to pick your favorite spot, your favorite room in your mind palace. Imagine it's a, your home. And as you clean your home, we're going to clean that room. We're going to clean our mind because there's processes to cleaning. I have dishes. I have dusting. I have floors. I have walls. I have laundry. I have tidy up. So we will do this in stages. Yes. I tell you, we got to make it a habit. And we got to have to somehow find a way to make it fun. Mm, exactly. Yeah. And because I, I feel that many people actually are like so much forcing the outcome that they are not even enjoying the process and that's like the sad part because they they just want desperately something and and then they don't understand that it, the beauty is in the process because where like when you start to create something from a state of awareness where you are right now you have absolutely no idea what's gonna become later because you are not on that level of the state the the awareness yet so if you now from this point where you are right now try to squeeze an outcome you are selling yourself short every time because the the process will bring you to the right place so it's it's more about letting things happen also and kind of taking out the control that you always try to have of everything so uh, it just came to my mind as an example here that uh, let's tr not try to force anything. It's a process that happens and uh, the beauty is there. Um, what do you think, um, Amos, like your clients, how long does it on average take to work with you? To do the mind conscious uh uh, mind crafting, it's going to take at least two hour sessions, two individual hour sessions. We can space them apart however they want. Um, as of lately, I've been doing a lot of body work. So it depends on what type of scar or injury you have. That's a that's a more tough subject. But specifically for the meditation and the 
the mind crafting it's two hours for mm. really good results okay that's beautiful and and do you give like um homework for people that they they can keep on doing after the sessions or how does it organize itself well i give them tools i give them um three tools uh one is called the hair splitter one is called the gvg or the good versus gain compass and the last one is the universal kiln or forge called the foster theory. And when these are set up in your mindscape or set up in the courtyard of the mind palace, there's not a whole lot you'll need after that. These are sort of three universal weapons because the seven, seven method gives you a global map. And then these three tools give you anything you would need on this mental spectrum. Mm. Can you give an example about the uh, of the hair splitter? What does that do? The hair splitter is really just going to allow you to cut down the ideas or break down what is bothering you. It's sort of like it's sort of like a knife that'll help you whittle things to very small. Um, the hardest thing right now is splitting the hairs between helping my clients understand the difference between narcissism, psychopaths, and sociopaths. Right now, with the double standard that's going on in our world, we are watching psychopaths and sociopaths team up and demonize narcissists, because narcissists are the only ones who can actually save against the other two. Nobody understands the difference in the three, and I come to split the hairs between them. Um, the best idea is to help people understand what narcissism actually is, because it's right now demonized in the media. And it's actually uh, a healer's best weapon is narcissists. Uh, narcissist is the spirit of the mirror or the spirit of reflection, because your ideas are a reflection of you. So it's really what is your idea being used for? Well, that's narcissist is an idea guy he never leaves the reflecting pool he never puts the mirror down psychopaths and sociopaths are the ones that take the ideas to the front lines and either murder one or multiple people that's the difference narcissists don't do that because it's about ideas they're never going to endanger themselves mm. so most people are being accosted and assaulted by psychopaths and sociopaths because if you're an artist you're a narcissist. If you're a songwriter, you're a narcissist. If you're a fashion designer, you're a narcissist. If if you're a football player, you're a narcissist because it's about your ideas and why your ideas are better than someone else's. It's more creative. It sounds better. It looks better. It it runs better. Well, my narcissism, my ideas are about health. There is a such thing as a healthy narcissist because my ideas will help you be healthier on your own. Mm. And will help you to guard yourself against psychopaths. Psychopaths are the one who take ideas and run over people. And then when you run over multiple people, you're a sociopath. You're it depends right. on how much empathy you have. Because, yeah, yeah, narcissist is not the bad guy. It's about the idea. What is that idea being used for? So that's what the good versus gain compass is. It becomes very easy to navigate ideas on the psychic spectrum when you know where's the good and where's the gain. My good that I help my clients is always going to be for them. The gain that I get is because of the time you have booked. You're going to pay for my time.
that is it. You're not paying for my expertise. You're not paying for my training. You're not paying for my pain. You're not paying $5,000 an hour like we know who does. No. I'm going to give you a tool that's going to help you be better on your own in a healthy way. Because there's a difference in doing stuff. And there's a difference in doing stuff that is healthy. So that's why I'm here to split the hairs. You're right. So I'm, in that, I'm in the process of writing a book about it. Yeah, that's definitely an interesting idea because, um, of course, there's a, a, a many levels of narcissism. And uh, I, I think the ideas in a very healthy it's, spectrum of it. <laughs> yeah, it's, the, it's about the idea. What is the idea? Yeah, we get, we get too caught up in the word. The yeah. word is the description of the tool. The idea is the tool. What are you doing with it? Are you cracking open eggs or are you cracking open skulls? This is what I want to know. Yeah, definitely. And of course, I think many, uh, many people can be also sociopaths and narcissists. Who knows? I don't know. Oh, absolutely. Well, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. But there's a level and it's where does it start and what are the differences? One is stationary. One takes an idea on a path and one takes an idea on a path very far. Yeah, and exactly. It's sort of like narcissists will do suicide. Psychopaths will do murder and sociopaths will do mass murder. This is really the easiest way to break it down for people. Mm -hmm. All right. Right. Well, definitely an interesting subject. Uh, would be wonderful to hear your ideas about this. Uh, so please comment below, my dear listeners. And um, what do you think that uh, has been your greatest achievement until now as a healer? That would be my marriage. This was the greatest achievement of my entire adult life has been my happy healthy, very successful. I have more fun every day because of my marriage. I really thank the spirits, the gods. I even thank necessity and all the pain because it brought me here. I have had more fun in the last nine years since we've been married than I've had in my entire life combined. So the healing has allowed me to achieve something that I never thought was possible for that nine-year-old boy who was rejected by the church and who thought he was going to go to hell for just falling in love. And now I wake up every day. We laugh constantly. We're going to go see Godzilla tomorrow. I, It's amazing. It, it's allowed me to have happy, healthy love. Yeah. And for me, that's all I wanted. And that is the biggest gift. I, I completely agree because I have had the fortune of having the same in my life. And and it has come through my inner healing, the love towards myself and my ability to love others. So it is it is part of that seven uh seven um areas of health. It's the social health, and it's like it's all to do also about what's happening inside your mind, inside your own emotions. And and once you get that uh, room sorted out or that uh, continent uh, cleaned up, then then uh, suddenly it starts to be full of flowers. It's, it's really amazing. Wonderful. Uh, what do you think are the areas of the health that your clients are struggling you, you already uh, in our first episode you said a lot of anger management issues but 
But what other areas are they struggling with? Right now, it is spiritual health and financial health. Um, financial health is a very tough subject with inflation and all the other things going on. So I make everyone reevaluate their budgets, their savings plans, make sure we we cut out anything that is unnecessary. And we're really trying to live within whatever means and budget we have. Um, and what I'm observing and what just tends to be on the table over the last few months is about spiritual health. Everybody is now questioning. Everybody's seeking deeper. It, we are watching what I'm calling the age of Aquarius awakening and everybody is questioning everything. And that's the place that I want people to be question everything, question me, question yourself always. Yes. And how, how do you see this um, spiritual health? Like, What is well, I created the seven aspects of spiritual health, part of my seven seven method, um, because these are real magic in the world. Most people don't know that they're actually doing Harry Potter level magic every single day, technically. And this is technically by scientific standards. And you can follow along and please correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but kindness is where we start. Kindness, compassion, forgiveness, mercy, fairness, friendship, and love. But we'll start with kindness. Kindness is unique because it can't be found. It can't be mined. It can't be distilled. It can't be grown anywhere in the observable universe. Only from will or whim out of my choice to create this energy out of nowhere other than sheer force of will And you can feel kindness. When someone is kind to you, you can feel it. Well, that's because you've created a physical energy like light that, that didn't exist. And now all of a sudden, because I feel like I want you to feel it, here it comes. You mm -hmm. created something out of nothing. That breaks laws of physics 101. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Um, compassion is where the healing comes from. Because you have to have compassion on yourself, you have to have compassion on your past, you have to have compassion on your enemy, you have to have compassion on the situation, because compassion creates an energetic bridge that this energy can cross over from either me to my client or from the universe into my client, but they have to feel the compassion. I relate it to like the Heimlich maneuver. I first have to care whether or not you choke to death before I get up to give you the Heimlich maneuver, but that's because I have compassion and I don't want you to die. So I'm going to do this for you. It's profound. Otherwise, I could just sit here and watch the show. Mm. Um, forgiveness is one of the more incredible ones. It's the hardest one. It's sort of the end result that always happens because it breaks the energy bonds or it breaks off the muck that is like on our body. Like when a dog is covered in mud, you just got to chisel that stuff off. But we forgiveness is what does it because you will have to either forgive yourself. You have to forgive someone else. You have to forgive a situation. You have to forgive something somewhere. Yeah. And then this comes the most... always in the healing sessions, like the people who have not been able to forgive something that happened in the past to, well, to some other person or to themselves or whoever, they are still carrying that yeah. information or that wound within them they have the chain yeah the, these bonds are energetic chains like string theory and when we forgive it it actually the shackle breaks and you will feel an energetic weight lifted off of you because you're no longer held down by these energetic chains yes. but forgiveness is the only way 
And the only way to really get to forgiveness is with mercy, which is the most unique. Mercy is the most magical of all the seven because it is the most unreasonable. So if you really want to do something profound, you'll have to make peace with mercy because it shouldn't exist. There is no reason mercy should exist in the observable universe, because if I have the power, there's no reason I should not use it ever in good conscience. So to then use more power to then not use it is rather profound. And in this case, it's usually the self-punishment that we do. Yeah. So the mercy gives in to the forgiveness. So, but most people just don't think of it that you have to actually create this for yourself. You are going to have to be merciful on yourself. Yes. Um, then there comes back to the fairness and that's where the hair splitter comes in. Um, fairness is a very tough subject. It's more related to legality than medicine because fairness is individual. It is unique. It is nuanced and it will take finesse in these situations. So fairness is very delicate. That's why we, it's so low down on the list because it's going to require a lot of thought processes. So fairness is really where most of our talk sessions come into because the the key biggest word is it's not fair. Mm. I get it. Believe me, no one gets it more than me, but I'm sorry. This is a concept called necessity. Uh, the Greeks called it a non K. It's where George Lucas got Anakin Skywalker from because Anakin is a necessary evil to become Darth Vader to push the story forward. So mm. pain is necessary. It's just where is the pain and how do we get the pain out? Exactly. And it's for growth. Like we, we cannot grow if everything is super easy all the time. We have to be pushed in a, a little bit like like diamonds, you know, in a hard pressure. So we can we can really crystallize ourselves. Absolutely. Um, then there is the friendship. Friendship is pure magic because there is no rhyme or reason for it. And friendship will bind you even through death. Friendship is pure magic. I love it in My Little Pony the best, but I help my clients become friends with themselves again and friends with their inner child, their inner teen, their inner adult, and their inner elder. I have a four-part system where we work the medicine wheel of our inner self. That's a very advanced modality. That's why it's not being pushed right now. Um, but you will make friends with the inner four that every person has where that inner child, that teen, that adult, and that elder, you're going to be friends with them again, less self-hate. <laughs> and then there's the love. And when we can then reach self-love because most of the other places have been cleaned up, the love will spread from you to everyone else. Love is infectious, yes, but love is also very easily bent, twisted, broken, and perverted. So that's why I teach all of these very strict building fundamental principles first, because we want healthy love. Love is one thing. Love is also obsession. Love is also lust. However, love can be healthy. Love is kind. Love is patient. Love is diligent. So mm. it's about, in my opinion, it's about being healthy. I'm trying to push everything to health and make it health. I'm, I'm health centric. Yes, definitely. And I would just add that like, obsession and jealousy and those things they are really not love they are just like 
ego's twisted way of telling that it's love, but actually it's not love. It's something else. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if you are if you are experiencing those feelings and saying that uh, that uh, those are love, then I would uh, advise you to have a chat with Amos and to see what love actually could be for you. <laughs> but hey, anyway. This has been an amazing, amazing episode. Uh, and I want to end this with the free gifts that you have for our listeners. I wrote the most powerful healing spell in history. Um, this was based off of one of my favorite characters in comic books. It was a uh, Raven from the uh, Teen Titans. She had a she had a mantra in order for her her stuff to work she had to focus on what it was and then she had to say these three special words so i went through history and i found uh two words for healing i love the greeks so the greek word for healing is pharmakeftikos very close to pharmacology because which medicine is needed for this condition so pharmakeftikos um the egyptians were some of the very first profound medical practitioners uh they they created some of the best medical practices that are still being used today um so they have a word for both healing and power it's a combination word for them and it's called sehem um and then the last word is actually cleopatra's last written word it's an ancient Greek Mycenaean word that means make it so or so be it. Very much like the witches, so mote it be. But it is Guinness Thoi. So these three words are pharmakeftikos, sechem, Guinness Thoi. It is very, very powerful healing for whatever you are focusing on. What? Very powerful healing. Um, and then I teach a... Um, <clears throat> A defense method um, we use in our, our computers all the time, a firewall. Well, I thought this was going to be very brilliant. Um, so, again, I most of my stuff comes from uh, Greek and Latin. Uh, I'm very influenced by medical science, uh, but uh, Hestia or Vesta, hmm. um, goddess of fire. However, it's we have to go one step further, and the visual is her fire comes from the source of the eternal flame so it's not just a regular firewall it's a firewall powered by the eternal flame so you're not going to get through this um the words are morus ignis morus is latin for wall and ignis is latin for fire so it's wall of fire and i will tell people to light a candle and visualize a circle, a square, a triangle, your favorite shape of your choice around you, around your sacred space, around your home. And it is there anytime you need it. Remember the words and it will be there. Very hard for things to get through a firewall. Definitely. And if you, as a listener, if you don't know so much about what these energetic uh, spells or, or, um, uh, what are these kind of like mantras. mantras mantras and and also like it's kind of like the firefall boy something like a protection or a protective barrier or something absolutely yeah so if you don't know about this very much uh in the future episodes uh, we will be talking about those two because uh it is uh, in the energetic world uh you also sometimes need need to protect yourself 
from things that might come through without going to to think that okay everything is against or uh, against you there are also people who go too deep in protecting themselves from everything but uh, anyway as a healer for example i always protect my uh, client when i'm healing and i protect myself because in that way i can create a safe space for us to work so that uh, the the healing energies really can work on on the subject and so it's energetic latex glove Exactly, exactly. And it's it's very, very important. So if you ever do energy work, uh, make sure that you are making the space safe for everyone that you are working with. So wonderful tools, these, um, these uh, firewall and, um, and this healing spell. And uh, how do people find you? Now they must be super excited getting these amazing sessions from you. Um, right now people will be find me through LinkedIn, Facebook. Um, I have a very large, uh, private clientele. I've been up until very recently, I was basically referral only. So now I'm going to be going virtual and I will be accessible on heal.me in the next week or so. Uh, so I'll be available globally, virtually anywhere. Wonderful. So it's easy to find you in the future. That is super cool. And uh, thank you very much, Amos, for this amazing interview. Any last words you want to give for the people listening us? Drink more water. That is important. <laughs> Drink more water. Thank you very much for listening. And we'll see you in the next episode. Much love. Thank you for tuning in. And because I am here to help you on your personal healing journey, don't hesitate to contact me on www.healernora.com.